The mission of our church is to, say this with me, to cultivate a community shaped by the gospel for the renewal of all things. Uh, we launched as a church in January of 2018. This has been our mission. And then on October 1st of this year, we gave kind of an updated uh, like picture of our vision of where we're heading as a church. And we articulated that, yes, we are called to be a community shaped by the gospel for the renewal of all things. But as we have grown and we're living into our future, we feel that God's inviting us to cultivate communities shaped by the gospel for the renewal of all things. So over the last number of years, we've, we've really grown, but we don't want to just grow in one place, concentrate in one place. We want to grow through church multiplication, developing uh, more churches, more pastors, more worship leaders, more teams. And we think there's a lot of like, life and freedom in thinking about like, the muchness with which God created creation. God wants creation to be diverse and teeming with life. And similarly, as the church grows, we should grow like that too. So um, I announced to you that as a couple of practical steps of our vision to cultivate communities shaped by the gospel, that uh, after seven years of being renters, we are buying this facility that um, I'm so grateful for. We love this building. We're also going to renovate it to better serve our mission. And simultaneously, we are purchasing a building near 11th in Peoria, Depending on who you ask, it's in the Meadow Gold District, or it's in the Pearl District, or it's along Route 66. A lot of people have their cultural claim on this little part of, of the city. We think it's an inspiring place to be. How many of you have driven by uh, what's currently 10th and Rockford Church of Christ? Yeah, I've heard of cornerstones passing each other, creepily driving around the neighborhood. Um, we are so excited about what God is, what God is doing in the Pearl District. Uh, we've been um, meeting with city leaders and learning some of the history of that community. Uh, but I want to give you an update on what we've been working on, what's happened since we gave uh, the Vision Sunday address at the beginning of October. We've been doing a lot. There's been a lot going on. Uh, some of it has been the very normal work when you're acquiring buildings of uh, talking to lenders and figuring out financial arrangements. And uh, we've been just in a very blessed position. We've ended up, we've identified our lender and the terms of that. It was an excruciating process because there's so many people who wanted to have conversations and so many good people we could have engaged with, but we feel like the Lord has led us into the right opportunity. That has required a lot of some of the, uh, the lay leaders in our church. So the people who are on our finance team, uh, Mac Lowe and Rachel Cox, and especially, I don't know if he's here today, my friend John Lawrence, He's probably lurking in the shadows, it, it, fearing that his name might be mentioned. Has uh, just put in tons and tons and tons of work figuring out how to structure loans, uh, things like that. And uh, we're really grateful for how God has led us. The other thing we've been doing is inspections on both buildings. Um, that is a big, hairy process. It's been largely managed by Chelsea Columbus, who is on our staff. And I accept those woos for Chelsea. The other person who I think is running the marathon this morning, but who has put in an absolute ton of work over the last two years of us trying to find like our forever home, the place where we are going to put down roots, is David Annette, who's in the church. So if you see David Annette, there will be a jewel in his crown and the age to come for building acquisition. And I will I'll ask the Lord to let me be the one to put it in there. Uh, so we've been doing inspections on both these buildings. Our staff has done a lot. Our vestry, that's our board, has done just a ton. 
We've been talking to architects and working on building plans, and I was hopeful I'd be able to show you some pictures today, but we're just not there yet. These things take time to get it just right, but we're having those conversations. But one of the most important things that we've been doing is we've been trying to identify a ministry model. What do I mean by that, a ministry model? So I've already told you that we are launching a new Cornerstone congregation, and I've told you, and it delighted my heart to no end, that you applauded when I said we are not doing a venue, a video venue model of ministry. Uh, my face will not be broadcast to any other part of the town. I'm, I'm uncomfortable enough just streaming services for the four people who watch <laughs> as it is. So we will, we will identify a new pastor who will go and lead that congregation. But in studying ministry models, we're asking the question, how will these churches relate? And it's a question of, of togetherness. In what ways are we together? And in what ways does the new church have autonomy? And so we've been talking with a, a congregation in Colorado Springs, a kind of a multi-site model of ministry. We were talking to an Anglican church in Overland Park, Kansas City area, uh, friends at an Anglican church that's done a lot of church planting and multiplication over the years in the Atlanta area. And we're just kind of learning the lay of the land. And if you ever, you know, have heard of like the language of like identifying the big rocks first, that's what we're trying to do. Like if you had a big jar and you needed to put a bunch of sand and some big rocks into it, if you put the sand in first, the big rocks aren't going to fit. So you get the big rocks in first and then the sand will fill in all the cracks. That's what we're trying to do with the ministry model. So before we go too far down the road, we need to figure out how are these churches going to relate? Will they share certain ministries? Will they be allowed to have kind of their own personality in other ways? Those are the kinds of things that we're uh, working through. But today I want to give you just a couple of, of practical next steps, some invitations for you as we're thinking about living into uh, this future. One thing that has cracked me up is the number of you who've come up to me and been like, hey, John, can you get me in the building at Rockford? It's like a lot of people like, hey, would you hook me up and get me in that building? And I'm like, I don't even have keys to the building. I can't get you in. You know, I haven't even gotten my wife into the building yet. But uh, I want to give the opportunity to invite you into the building. Would you like to go see the new building at 10th and Rockford? Um, some of you have been creepily peering in the windows. Uh, <laughs> We are on track to close on that building at the very beginning of December, so I'm inviting you to an open house the following Sunday, December 10th, uh, from 3 to 5 in the afternoon. We're going to have an open house where you can come, you can explore every nook and cranny, you can think about how fun it'll be to play hide-and-seek in that building while the lights are off at some point, I don't know. Um, it'll, you'll have a great time exploring the building. I want to invite you to come. It'll be a come-and-go uh, kind of thing that afternoon. Uh, we'll begin getting to know this neighborhood. I hope that you'll go out to eat on uh, Route 66 somewhere afterward. I want to invite you to come and see what we're investing in as a congregation and begin the process of just praying and dreaming about what new thing does God want to do in the Meadow Gold Pearl District. Uh, the other thing is, you know, we hope to uh, share more comprehensive information about costs and plans as we have it. And our, our, what we anticipate right now is that we're going to kick off a campaign in January, a three-year campaign, to raise money to pay for all of these things that we're dreaming about uh, right now. So that's not going to come until January. That's what we're anticipating. But I want to invite you, as the year comes to an end, to make a year-end gift toward this whole vision and project. We're calling it like Building for the Future. It's delightfully vague enough. Uh, it's a building for the future. 
So as we think about purchasing two buildings and renovating and, and future church planting efforts, uh, we know that this is going to take all of us praying together and giving together and working together to pull it off. And so as the year comes to an end, I want to encourage you to think about and pray about making a year-end gift specifically toward this project. And if you go to our website, cornerstonetulsa.org give, and you click on make a gift, you can actually select a, a building for the future in the drop-down menu. So if you don't select anything, it'll go to our general budget, but you, you can actually select building for the future. Um, there's some other ways that you can give. Uh, you can actually give stock to the church. It's immediately sold, and those proceeds uh, will go to this if you indicate that to us. Information's on the website there. Uh, for some of you, you can also make a qualified financial contribution through your retirement. And so talk to your financial advisor about how to do something like that. But I would encourage you, I'd like to invite and challenge you to make a year-end gift toward this project. Um, we've always lived well beneath our means as a church. I mean, really, uh, we're coming into this project with so much strength. Because we've lived beneath our means and because you, the people of Cornerstone, have been so unbelievably generous. But we also know that going into a project like this where, you know, we're buying a house, we're buying two houses for the first time as a church and we're launching a new congregation, we know that our expenses are going to go up. And so I just want to issue an encouragement about just remembering the ordinary faithfulness of giving. And in particular, I would speak to those people who Cornerstone's your home church and you've given sporadically, or perhaps you've never made a habit of giving. And I would encourage you, as the year is coming to an end, the new year's beginning, and you're thinking about your finances for another year, if Cornerstone is your home church, I would urge you, encourage you, to make a plan to give. And I think that giving to the Lord through the local church is a really important part of our discipleship. Uh, for the first time ever, I preached a sermon on the topic of tithing. Is, is it applicable to New Testament believers? You can go listen to the sermon and find out. But I want to encourage you, even those of you who give regularly, to pray about your giving. Pray about how you would give as we kick off a three-year campaign. But to honor the Lord and your resources. Paul talks about excelling in the grace of giving. And I want to challenge us to be reflective as we think about that. And then finally, there was a, a phrase that I heard in talking with a church in Kansas City. And they were exploring why, like the reasons behind their decision to church plant. And they said, we just believed that the DNA of our church was worth replicating. And I, that really struck me. And I, I appreciated that. And I, I feel the same way. And because the DNA of our church, I believe, is worth replicating, we want to deepen it and we want to preserve it. Especially when you're multiplying, especially when you're growing, we want to deepen and preserve the DNA, the values, the personality, the, the unique convictions that God has put in our community. And so coming in January, for the very first time in the life of our church, we're going to have the opportunity for membership at Cornerstone to become, thank you, one of you, <laughs> to be a member of the church. Uh, in, in truth, one reason we haven't done it is I haven't had my head on straight about membership for, the, for a number of years. I've just been trying to think about what are the implications of this, and it was through preaching the lectionary we came across a text that I just became convinced, yes, it actually matters to say, I'm, I'm covenanting to be a member of this community. And so in January, we're going to dedicate the Sundays in January to exploring the topic of what does it mean to be a member of a church, 
of this particular church? How are we going to live out the rhythms of our membership together as a church? And then on Thursday, February 1st, in the evening, we're going to have a membership ceremony in our first like official business meeting as a church, and then we're going to throw a party. So it's going to be a good time uh, to get together, but I want to put it on your radar now that this is going to be a conversation that we're having in the month of January on Sundays and then uh, culminating on Thursday, uh, February 1st with uh, a membership meeting, ceremony, party, and I hope that you'll begin praying about whether you want to be a part of that. And I would just say on a personal note, uh, our board gathers to pray every Thursday on Zoom for just a 10, 15 minutes, just, Lord, what's going on? Where, where are we asking for your help? And I kind of mark time since we've been doing these Wednesday prayers of, you know, where I am on the hope roller coaster or where we are in a project, where I am emotionally with where we are on Wednesdays, and then also on Thursday prayer. And this week in particular, I have just felt so grateful. I mean, things that we were like desperately pleading with the Lord about three years ago, two years ago, a year ago, six months, he's bringing to fruition. Prayers that I've been like knocking on the door of heaven to have answered, God has just lined up in his way and in the fullness of time, it feels like we're just walking through doors that he's flinging open. And so as we move into 2024 with some questions in the air, with some new dynamics that we're going to have to wrestle with as a church, I'm walking into it feeling really grateful and really confident, not because of like we've got the best plan in the world, but God has led us so faithfully. And so I'm grateful to be a part of it. I'm grateful that you're a part of it and uh, hopeful about where God is leading us into the future. So December 10th, we'll have the open house. I invite you to make a year-end gift and then be looking ahead to January as we talk about membership.